Hi, and welcome to the Kelowna Girl Tries Podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 103, Saturday, August 13th, 2011. Hope you enjoy it. supposed to drink red wine on my on my diet but it's too hot to drink red wine today right now although it's not hot in the house it's 20 I can't believe it's 28 outside I'm sure it's 30 something on the front deck well it's in the sun yep so <clears throat> you finally had a rest day today hey I did I needed one I'm still tired it's going to be a riveting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. I'll get started. I'll get started. I, but the important thing was, probably one of the things that tired me out maybe was registering for the race. It's finally a goal now. Yes. So it's Friday night. Well, it's actually early. Oh, well, yeah, quarter to seven. <coughs> Friday night. Um, we're doing our usual Friday night thing. Um, the little boys just headed off to Dad's, and we've cracked open a bottle of wine. So that seemed to be quite popular on the last show. I'm cooking dinner. <laughs> I'm going to try not to be too noisy with the food with the food preparations. Yeah, I'm going to try not to drink as much. I think during this. Help. I think last time we did it, we'd already drank our bottle of wine. Oh, you think so? Uh huh. Anyway, no. I just wanted to do a quick. A quick little recording as a little bit of an update. Yeah. Um, we have both registered for our races. Next weekend. Yeah, it's like a week. Yeah, it's close ah! by. <laughs> and you went out and pre-rode the course today. Mm-hmm. So, I registered for the sprint. And even though I really don't feel like I'm, I'm certainly not race ready, I'm not fit fit to be doing a PR or anything on this race. I, my focus is really just on running right now. And I'm spiking and stuff, but not, not, I've not been doing specific race preparation workouts. And so then I was thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. But I love the apple. And I just thought, I just knew that when it came to the day of the race, I would be really depressed if I hadn't registered. I'd be down there and I'd go, oh, I want to be here. Because you've done three in a row. Haven't yeah, you? this was my first race, and this will be my fourth. Was, yeah. This was my first race ever in 2008. So I did eight, nine, ten, and I got to do 11. I guess it's got to be done. And I decided I was going to go out like I've been doing ever since Oliver. Everything's kind of just for fun right now. Mm-hmm. And my focus is to try and get my marathon running going up. So you, uh, I believe you mentioned in the last show, you've been contemplating. You know, can you do a try? Try. Yeah. Well, Why don't you I've, talk a little bit about that? Okay. Your thinking process. Okay. What, what I've been decide. doing the past couple of weeks is going to the pool and going to the lake to try swimming a little bit and see how it goes. 
and uh, it's gone okay. It gets a little better with time. I have a week left. This is like last-minute preparation. It's even last-minute planning to even do it. I hadn't planned on doing any triathlon stuff at all well, this year. Well, last winter you kind of thought about it. And then, and I, then, then I decided... started swimming a bit. Yeah, but then I decided I'd just stick to working on running this year as yeah. sort of the new yeah. focus. And running has been the focus this year, and it's, it's gone well. And uh, just a sort of a last-minute thing before the end of the season, I guess, I thought, well, maybe I can do a try a try mm -hmm. Because it's 300 meters. And what really clinched it for me trying it was when I phoned the directors and they said the water was only three to four feet deep in this 300 meters. So that means I can like stand up and breathe if I run into difficulties. When, when you... When I need to. Not, not when you're not going to run into difficulty, but you no, are going to have to stop. Uh, I'll need to stop a couple yeah. or three yeah. times just to mm -hmm. take a deep breath and just Cause there's no look edge where I'm going, mm -hmm. look where I'm going and go back down and swim some more. Yeah. And... Uh, 300 meters. There were some people last year doing it in 12 minutes, 13 minutes, and hey, I can, I know I can do it in that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm, I'm setting some goals for myself. I don't quite know what my final goal is yet. Right now, I believe I can do that that swim. And, and for those of you who swim, I know this is nothing, but for me, it's everything. And uh, I can do it in 10 minutes, which is you know, in the bottom third of the pack. Uh, that's what I think I could do now. I think with a week, if I even get my breathing just going a little bit better in the next week, I can uh, bring it down a smidge from that. But what I'm really looking forward to, of course, is after the swim, I have a 15-kilometer bike and a 3-kilometer run, and I, I really hope to, to excel on that part. I really want to. That, that's what I'm really hoping to do. But it's kind of like a time trial almost because it's flat. It's flat. It's but all it's flat. All so, so I think I can average like 32 kilometers an hour around on the bike. Mm -hmm. And I think because it's a flat bike course, and really my recovery has been really good this year, I think I can do a quick run. And so, to be mm -hmm. honest, and it may sort of sound optimistic after swimming and biking, but I, I think I can do a 15-minute run. I think I can, I can do three five-minute kilometers because I have no trouble with like 5.15s or 5.10s. And if I really push myself, I think I can, I can do a 15-minute run. So then, I guess my goal for the race is under an hour. I would really like to see 57 or 58 minutes. So that's where I'm at right now in my thinking. What are you giving yourself for transition time? <sighs> two minutes, about two minutes. One minute for each? No, 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 two minutes for each. Two minutes each. Yeah. And you'll be quicker than that for the bike to run. I'm usually like yeah. a minute and a half. Well, it's see, a long it, run though. If I, can, run. if I can do a 10 minute swim, let's say, mm -hmm. and a... 30 and a 15. I should be able to get under an hour pretty easy, taking into consideration if I do a 10 minute swim. There, there's five minutes left to get to 15 there. That, that allows for two, two and a half minute transitions there, hmm. and a 30 minute bike, and a 15 okay. minute run. And uh, yeah. I can do it better than that. I know I can, mm -hmm. as long as I'm feeling half decent on the day. Yeah. Oh. So it'll be exciting because it's short. 
That, I guess that's the exciting part of it. I know. I want. I decided I wanted to do the try try. You are not allowed to, because it's for novice and first timers, and you are neither. It would be fun though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I gotta swim 300 meters to do that, and like seven, I could probably do that in six, seven minutes, and then I could yeah. just like fly. You you do the bike faster than me, though, and you'd run faster than me. Ooh, it'd be interesting race between you and I. Yeah, you get a lot on me on the swim. Yeah, but you'd pass but me in the other I, ones. I think I can pick up on you in the other two parts. I could do five fifteens for the run if it's only three k. Yeah, that'd be good. See. I did five thirties last year. So I pick up. I think I could pick up a minute on you in the run. Yeah. And I think I could. I think I could pick up two minutes on you on the bike. Oh, you'd be way faster because not only that, this this course is really um, technical in that it's just super lots of corners. That's right. And That's I slow down on corners way more than you do. And there's even like complete turnaround, like you have to go down and then just turn around a cone and come back. Yeah. And so that you would not only are you stronger cyclist, but your skills are way beyond me. Well, I'm a little braver on the corners than you. Brave. You're but technically more skilled on the corners and braver. I'm more cautious. Yeah, I kind of wish it was just a, if it was just an out and back on a totally flat course, oh, it would be really it. fast then. I would really like that. But remember, no matter what, no matter what, everybody else would be slower anyways. I mean, everyone else is on the same course. They have well, the same and the deal is, lots of people yeah. in the triad dry are doing mountain bikes too. Yeah. You know. Of course, we've looked at the stats and we've seen people uh, are doing... I've done that race with uh, 35 kilometer an hour times two on the bike. Oh, right? there's fast guys, absolutely. Yeah. But we got to keep in mind in this it race, there are people who might be really good cyclists or people who are really good runners. Yeah. Or maybe even people who are really good swimmers. But, you know, the question is how many are there that can put three of them together? I can put two of them together. It's, yeah. it's one of them that I'm going to have trouble yeah. with. So I, I think, I was looking at the times, and I think I'll be in the, I, I'll be disappointed if I'm not in the top third by the time all is said and done. Oh, I, I really think you have to have, Yeah. I, I would be shocked if you weren't. So I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of exciting. You'll probably but, be the buffest looking try a try out there, too. <laughs> the oldest, too. There's only one guy my age last year. Oh, really? And two the year before or something Is anybody like that. your age registered yet? They don't show the ages in the registrations. Oh, I thought they had the age groups. There is... Not for try-try, guess. No, not for try-try. Oh. They show the age groups in the results. I, I noticed from last year they showed the age groups in the results, but yeah. not on the registrations. And I, don't, and I don't think, like, you know, uh, there's any awards for the separate age groupings. You know? I think I saw that there was. Was there? I, oh, I don't know. But I could be wrong. Well, okay. if there is, and I'm the only guy in my age group, I should win, hey? You're good. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Well, good job. It's going to be exciting. And the fun thing about this is that the try try is on the Saturday morning, and my race, the age groupers, is on the Sunday morning. Yeah. So we get to devote Saturday morning totally for you for your race, and then Sunday morning totally for me for my race. So that's good. a lot of your races I haven't been able to watch because I've been volunteering. And I haven't been able to see you come across like all the Xterras. I keep volunteering because it's a new race and they really need the volunteers. 
So I've seen you on the course, but I haven't seen you finish. So I will look forward to being able to actually watch you finish. Yeah. You know, and then also we've done other running races where you do the shorter race and you finish before me. Yeah, and we've been together, so. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting for me. And it's going to make Saturday a busy day. It will. Two race nights. Yeah. Friday yeah. night. Go to bed early, get up super early, like two days in a row. And we have a visitor coming. Well, we're going to hang out with Chad on yeah. Saturday. Chad from the Can Do Try podcast. He's, uh, we're going to hang out with him on Saturday during the day. So that's pretty exciting. And he is really trying hard to get a spot for Auckland. Hmm. What's his age group? Um, I think he's 35 to 39. He's in his 30s. That's a pretty competitive group. Yeah. He's been looking at all the stats. Yeah, he, he really, he's going to have to work hard because the race that he just did, he came, he was one roll down spot from getting it. Is he doing the sprint or the full? So he's doing the full. And, um, hey, you know, Chad, if he did the sprint, he'd be able to win it for sure. But anyways, he, um, he was one roll down spot away from getting up, up in triathlon in Saskatoon where he was. Isn't, is it the top ten here or something like yeah. that? Yeah. What is it? So, yeah. so there's 10. a pretty good chance. Yes, except this is a this is a more competitive Maybe. field. Maybe. No, well, he's looked at the stats. He's yeah. looked at the times. It's a more competitive field. But also that, that um, I'm pretty sure his bike course was flat. Yeah. And, you know, where he rides most of the time is flat. So um, we have a little bit of hills. Not, not, I mean, you know, I'm sure he's a very capable rider, but that's just another little thing to throw in little change from his bike split time. Yeah. We only have one serious hill though. Really. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of rollers and stuff too that you have to if you know the course well it's it's okay. And he's not arriving early. Oh, I think he's coming in Friday night. Yeah. And they have the pre ride after Saturday afternoon? Mm -hmm. I don't know what I don't sure what his plan is. As far as that, if he's going to do the pre-ride, or gee, if he got in early enough, I think we'll ride it. Mm -hmm. Ride it on Friday night. Yeah. But you might be kind of busy with your preparations for your race. We have to go to your race meeting at seven, and yeah. and you got to drop your bike off the night before. So it might be a bit when well, Friday course, night might be a bit hectic. But Saturday, we basically have all day Saturday because. The last races, road races on Saturday are just uh, the elite juniors are from 9 to 10 to 11, yeah. somewhere in that area. Mm -hmm. So, Well, the plan, the plan is right now, I haven't told Chad this, the plan yet, <laughs> my plan is right now that we'll go pick him up before the swim on one, at 1 o'clock. Yeah. I'll go down, go, into, go to his cousins or whatever and pick him up. I'm going to go swim the course because it's open from 1.15 till 2. That's it. Mm -hmm. After the long swim. We'll swim the course and then, you know, he can do whatever. If he wants to go ride the course, he can do go the ride. I'm not going to ride it the day before the race myself. But um, if, he, if he needs somebody to ride with, I could ride it with him. Yeah, you know? that's right. And you know it too. They yeah. have an open ride. Like, they'll yeah. take you out on the ride too if you want. But anyways, you can ride the course and then... Uh, and then we park our bikes in transition and just hang out for a while and then at 
four o'clock is the race meeting. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the plan, and then I'll give him a ride back to his cousin's house. And we'll do all our ritualistic preparations for pre-race day. That'll be exciting. My, my biggest worry last night, because I didn't sleep worth beans last night, even though I told you last night I wasn't yeah. nervous, right? Yeah. But yet I, I must have stayed awake thinking about transition, I think. Yeah. And just my garments, you know, because I can't wear my garment in the water. And I want to make sure it's all yeah. hooked into the satellites and all this. I'm not worried about the bike one. So did your bike, did your garment manage to stay on? Yeah, I can do that. I can just okay. leave it running. Just leave it running and then so work, with the, work your, with the laps. You're going to have your old edge on your bike mm -hmm. ready to go. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have your forerunner sitting in transition and you'll just grab it when it's time to go on the run. I might even it. grab it when it's time to go on the bike. You know, well, you either way. you a place to keep it, right? What? Where are you going to put it? On my wrist. But my suggestion would be put it on when you're running because you can run and do the strap up. Yeah. Whereas you can't bike and do the strap. Well, that's right too. And so that's my thought. And you got a lot of other things to think about when you go on the <coughs> bike. You got helmet, glasses, shoes. You know, it's too much. Yeah, and the other one is basically shedding. Yeah. And so you switch your shoes, and change your hats, and you got your garment in there. You grab it and you go. Yeah. And then you can just put it on your wrist while you're going if you want it. That race is so short you don't even need to put it on your wrist. <laughs> you just carry it. In my mouth. Well, I've carried mine, mine in my hand. Yeah. Um. Okay. Good. Any other thoughts? Um. Well, I I view this race for me as a bonus this year. It's yeah. one I hadn't counted on. It was just sort of a, a spur of the moment thing. And uh, you know, it's funny. I, I almost view this last week of preparation for the swimming as being really important. Whereas, you know, usually it's tapered down, you don't do yeah. anything that's important. But yeah. with the swimming, it's really important. I'm not worrying about the running at all or the biking during this last week, aside from just tootling around the course. Yeah. But the swimming this next week is really important. And you know, the thing I like about swimming, for me anyways, is that I can swim right up until the day before the race. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, don't, I guess maybe it's that's proof that I really don't swim that fast and hard. <laughs> but you know, I can I could swim every day before a race and just get used to water, get used to feel, be happy. Yeah, you know? and that's what I, I'm not worried about that either. It's tiring me out. Yeah, it's just lack of breath is all it is. Yeah. So it'll be fun. Right. It'll be fun. It'll be exciting. I don't think I'll. I won't be worried because the water is only three to four feet. You know, it's just. As a matter of fact, I'll be focusing on just being as calm as I possibly can be. And you're not going to wear a wetsuit? Nope. So I'm just curious, though, with 100 people at the start line, 105, 110, mm -hmm. that could be the most exciting part of the whole race, of course. That exciting start. meaning a little nervous? Well, yeah, the start, you know, and yeah. do, I, do I go to the back? Uh, do I stay in the middle? Because I think I could be. Stay middle back. Yeah, I could, that's what, sort of what I'm thinking. That's where I started. But anyways, those are things I have to think about this coming yeah. week. You know, and the other thing, remember what I my suggestion to you was that you need to do this week? What? Swim with the swim cap on once. Oh, yeah, I guess I should try that. Just so you know what it feels like, because you really don't want to do anything new on race day. And swimming with the swim cap may seem like the most banal thing, but you know, you might just get out there and find it 
feels weird or it's constricted or you're focused on it all the time or yeah. it's covering your ears. Do you like it covering your ears or not, right? Oh, can it keep water out of your ears? If you pull it down far enough, it keeps it up fairly well, but not really super well. Will, will, it, will it be a pretty color? You don't know that That's yet. kind of important too. And then you have to know what color it is so you know what to wear because you got to match. Oh, black matches everything, doesn't it? It won't get black. You should ask for a white one. <laughs> is that one of the ones where if you put up your hand they come and fish you out real quick? Yeah, they keep an eye on you if you wear a white one. <laughs> I know they do it all over. I don't actually know if they do I'll, that. I'll stand up in three feet of water and put my hand up. <laughs> oh, I'm six foot one. The water's up to my crotch. That's it. Gabriel, get out of here. All right. Um, so me. Yes. This week. Enough about me. Let's talk about you. Are you done? I am done. I mean, I, I want to give you. Full, no, I've full had time. plenty. Okay. I'm um, gonna keep it brief and straightforward. I've been working on recovering from my half marathon, which has taken me quite a bit of time. I've gone for a few short runs and uh, just getting my legs feeling better. And I'm kind of torn because really, according to my marathon plan, I should have been doing like a 26K run this weekend. And of course, instead I'm doing a sprint triathlon. So I decided to try and go for a long run yesterday. And I went out a bit too late. It was 23 when I left, but it was really about 26 or so when I was running. And it was just too hot for me. It was a little humid for Kelowna because we'd had a big storm the day before. And I felt... I felt way too hot the whole time I was running, so I didn't run 16K, which is what I'd planned. I only ran nine. I felt kind of dizzy. If you'd been out there, um, I might have run further because I would have felt more comfortable having known there was someone else, but it wasn't your running day. So, anyways, I'm, but I was still happy that I ran 9K. So, I decided to do a midweek run. And then next week, I'm going to do a midweek run. And I, I don't think I'll run too hard on Sunday because I don't want to end up with shin splits or anything. Yeah. My, my, you know, modus operandi, however you pronounce that, is to kill the 5K, as go as hard as I possibly can, and then have shin splints for three weeks after. So I'm going to just kind of go for a six-minute K at my at my triathlon. That's really my goal. Yeah, a little, if I'm feeling really good, I'll kick it up the last 3K, but I'm not going to kill myself because really my focus is on the marathon. Mm -hmm. But at this point, I have pretty serious doubts that I'm going to be able to do the local one just because of the timing. Um, it's October 9th and I'm behind on my long runs and the last thing I'm probably going to be able to do is to turn, you know, to get my long runs, like to, I can't build my long runs faster. The good part about that is we get to go on another road trip maybe. Yeah, so I'm looking around to see what other possible races there are. And there's one on November 6th in Boundary Bay, which is in the coast, and it's flat. It's on, like on a trail, so not a trail trail, but like a gravel path trail, pounded, like, uh, it's like the Greenway. And it runs all along the water. November in that area, it'd be cold and wet. But anyways, that's a possibility. I think there's also one in Seattle. There's nothing much in the way of marathons, though. So the worst comes to worst, I'm going to focus on doing the Vancouver. I could do Vancouver Marathon in the spring, if that's my worst-case scenario. Mm -hmm. Or I could do my own self-supported marathon um, at the end of October. That's not the same, though. No, but... 
It's okay, but mm -hmm. it's not, not a big the same. problem to me. I wouldn't get a medal, but you'd have to make me like a big. Medal I could, I could like make you a medal. Yeah, I take you, you out to, to dinner and, yeah. and go woohoo and get you a piece of cake with a candle in it or something. And then every three miles, you'd have to drive ahead, and then I go have, yay! Yeah, and I have to get the station set up for water for you. Yeah, yeah, a little. We'll give you a little table. Okay. One of those little card tables. You'll have okay. one glass of water on it. Well, one glass of Gatorade. You Gatorade water. I said, now it's all right. I got my bottle. <laughs> like I used to do. <laughs> Joe. Want to make it realistic. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. And then what else? What else was I going to say? Oh, I've been dieting. So, it's like, after, I, 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 I mentioned this before. It's like, I gained, I gained five, five pounds last since, oh, since Christmas, just slowly, 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 I was fine, but then down in San Francisco, come back, I've gained another pound, and just, anytime I try and diet, I, it takes me half a pound a week with really strict dieting, and I'm hungry all the time, and I hate it, so I decided to try the slow carb, or low glycemic index um, diet uh, by Tim Ferriss, the uh, four-hour body, only because Simon Whitfield suggested it. I, I listen to Simon Whitfield. <laughs> but anyways, it's, you know, and it's not the kind of diet that I like, that I would want to do for a long time, because it cuts out the foods that I love, that I think are healthy and important. But I decided I was going to do it for two weeks. And you do it six days on, and then you have a cheat day. And basically, it's meat, vegetables, um, legumes, like beans. And, you know, no white anything, no sugar, no bread, no fruit. No dairy. I mean, that the fruit and the dairy is what kills me. I could live without the bread, but the fruit and the dairy, is that this, that's just wrong. And the only saving grace is you're allowed to drink red wine. Mm -hmm. So I drink a lot of red wine. No. <laughs> Anyways, so I've done it for five days. Well, four days. Today's my fifth day. And in four days, I've lost three pounds. That's, that's a pretty, lot. That's pretty good. Yep. Now, let's face it. When you don't eat a lot of carbs, I'm eating carbs, but I'm not eating as much as I was. When you don't eat a lot of carbs, every carb, every gram of carb holds four grams of water. And four grams of water is weight. So, obviously, you know, some of the weight I've lost is water weight. And so when you do the cheat day, you gain two pounds back. But then you give it a couple days, and then bang, you'll lose two more pounds the following week. So you are supposed to be losing weight. So tomorrow is our cheat day. Our... <laughs> hour as if you're doing the diet. Wow. You sure, just I'm sharing it with you. You, you know. just don't have to watch me suffer anymore. That's right. But the good thing about the diet, like I don't think it's a great diet to do constantly, but what's good about it, if you, if you, especially if you don't really care about fruit and dairy, is that you're never hungry. Like I have never been hungry. Anytime I'm hungry, I can eat. I find it hard to get enough calories in. And yet I'm full. Like that satiation point is there because you're getting a lot of protein. Mm -hmm. So my protein is up. My carbs are down. My fat is up a little bit. Uh, but I'm also trying to focus on good fats, uh, avocado, olive oil. Um, I do have some, a little bit of butter. Coffee was a little struggle, but I, I put one tablespoon of cream in my coffee and no sugar and put cinnamon in. And, and I've, it's, you know what? It's actually not been bad at all. So I was mostly worried about the coffee. Mm -hmm. And the biggest struggle has been what to eat before I work out in the morning because I normally eat yogurt. And I can't go like eggs, big eat a big protein breakfast and work out. Yeah, you can't eat yogurt, can you? No. And that's so what I've been doing stable. is I've been, t I've been using, um, 
I've been taking a gel right before I work out because I haven't done like three hour rides or anything. So, and so I am getting the gel carbs and the Carbo Pro when I'm working out, but that's working out and you're using it up right away. So now I'm just curious, like yesterday you said you got dizzy in your run. Could that be because of your diet? No, it was a heat. I mean, that's a good question, but I know my body. I know that's, it's my reaction to heat. Mm-hmm. And also I get stressed out when I'm running alone and I don't feel really good. Mm-hmm. So that makes me stressed. And then that can make me feel like, oh my gosh, now I think I'm dizzy, right? <laughs> just a girl. Yeah, I'm a dizzy blonde. I'm a dizzy gray. Dizzy gray. All right. So, anyways, that's me in a nutshell. That's <laughs> uh, me as a nutcase. I've got way too much water. That too. Can I don't boil off. I have to turn it up. We're doing ground beef. And I got the most awesome-looking stuffed patty pan squash. Do I get some of that? You can have one if you want. Uh, I don't know whether I do. Nothing bad in it, though. Okay. Aren't they super cute? They are. And so what I have been eating, here's the ways I've been cheating. Um, I've been eating some quinoa. Quinoa is low glycemic index. You're not supposed to eat any grains on this, but you know what? I've been eating some quinoa because I love it, and I just need a little bit of like half a cup every day. I ate cottage cheese one day just because I had it left over. I didn't want it to go bad. And I had read online that cottage cheese is in the low end of the glycemic index, too. Mm-hmm. So... Those are the two kind of cheaty things I did. Oh, the other cheaty thing is I bought really expensive, super high cocoa chocolate, and I've eaten a square of chocolate every day because, you know, it's got more cocoa and less sugar, but I just, I have to have something that has the sensation of sweetness because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't get as sweet as me without eating sweet. You have sweets. me. You I have do. Me. Yeah, okay, we're not going to go there. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. That's it. So the next um, show will be... After the race? After the race. And we'll have a little audio from Chad, I'm sure. I'll have to bring my recorder, get a new battery for the recorder. Um, Today's show is mainly going to be, for the rest of it, is I have a whole whack of race reports that have been emailed and linked and whatnot, so I'm going to share a bunch of race reports later, or right right after this. And if you want to get a hold of me, it's colonagirl at gmail.com. K-E-L-O-W-N-A-G-U-R-L. All right. Oh, and yeah, bonus. All right. The Vancouver Globe and Mail. Ooh. Vancouver Globe and Mail emailed me on Beginner Triathlete, actually, the other day, and wanted an interview. Um, and nothing to do with my podcast, because they don't know about that, but they just, they're doing a thing about, uh, I think it was older athletes. I'm pretty sure, mature athletes or people getting into uh, triathlon. And why is there suddenly like a lot of people getting into triathlon and they want to interview somebody like that? So I have no idea. I, I did the phone interview after I checked her out thoroughly to make sure it was legit. And uh, I have no idea whether it's going to be a, like, you know, a single sentence from me in the midst of a large article or whether there's going to be more of me in it. She did ask for some photos, so I sent her some race pictures. And it's uh, supposed to be in the Vancouver Globe and Mail on August 22nd, which is the day after my race. And so she said she also knew that sometimes it doesn't, uh, you know, the newspaper can change, so it could be earlier or later or whatever. That's her best guess. So we'll have a little link to that in the show notes on the next show if that happens to come to pass and I'm not thoroughly humiliated by whatever I said. 
<laughs> you know how reporters are, right? Oh, you talked to her on the choose, phone, right? Yeah, choose. you talked to her on the phone. It's not like she recorded it. So she's writing stuff down. And I, I got interviewed once before, and afterwards, I, the part that she took in the other article I was in, the part they took from Cycling Magazine, I was sort of angry. I didn't really like that. That was the most important thing they said. So we'll see. It's always a crapshoot. All right, my glass of wine is almost finished. And mine is empty. So we still have two-thirds of a bottle of wine left. God, I need another glass. I finished it now. Okay. There All right. Go. Signing out. And we can hold it. We should just have a ting of wine glasses. Oh, well, end, start yeah, and end with that. Think, don't you think so? Yeah, maybe that should be like our new show. Yeah, I think so. Friday night with Barb and Eric. <laughs> Hey everybody, okay, I am back and it's now Saturday night and I'm going to read a bunch of email I got and oh and also a Facebook message which I missed and I have to say whenever I get Facebook uh, messages or places that are not email, I sometimes they get lost in the shuffle, I hate to tell you. Um, I know I got it and I can't remember where I got it from so anyways this is from Dave so let me just do this one right away because this is from last July, July 13th. Hey, hey, Barb, just wanted to congratulate you on your 100th podcast. Fantastic. I know when I'm feeling a bit down with all my niggles, pains, and injuries, etc., I can listen to your trials and tribulations and your ability to stick with it and get some inspiration. A quick comment on Eric's recent Xterra event. What an amazing effort. As for the bike leg, awesome. Also, running before the bike as opposed to swimming is tougher, so the bike was even more impressive compared to, to what triathletes do. Well done to both of you. Cheers again, Dave. The Galloping Gilly, which is really nice to hear from Dave because we haven't heard from him for a little while. So, uh, yeah, it's excellent. Uh, I have a whole bunch of new listener or members in the KG Tries podcast listeners group on Facebook. If you um, are on Facebook, uh, whether you're my friend on Facebook or not, feel free to friend me, or and you can join the listeners group if you like. You just have to click on the join the group uh, button, and uh, I have to just click on it and say yes, you can join. I don't if I can figure out how to shut that off, and you can just join without doing it. Um, yeah, I will. But anyways, I have yet to figure that out. So I'm just gonna kind of scroll down here. Because people post stuff in here from time to time. So, um, welcome and hello to Heather and to Sheila and Gordon, both of whom are my good, I can say now my good real life friends too, because I've actually met them down in San Francisco. And I want to say hello to Scott. And Cindy and a belated one to Chris Franz, who apparently I didn't say welcome uh, when he joined the Facebook group. So uh, welcome to Chris Franz, my very good buddy. Adam, Adam, Coach Adam. Uh, yeah, I was like kind of impressed when I saw Coach Adam join. Like, thanks, Adam. I don't know if you actually listened to the show, but holy cow. Uh, I just read an article by Adam in uh, that was well, uh, collaborated with collaborated with Adam in Runner's World called "Stop Bugging Me" just recently. So, yeah, he's got lots. And then there was Glenn and Donna and Charles and Janet. God, I hope I don't miss anybody. 
and Trevor. Is this is is this amazing or what? You know, it's just a ton of new people this month. It's like one joined and then a whole bunch did. And I don't know how everybody people other people see. And then Gordon Scott from uh Scotland from Tyree, the Isle of Tyree. That was really cool to see Gordon on here. And Doug. Oh, that's back to June. I think I said hello to all the people from who joined in June. But in case I didn't, I'm gonna say hi to Garth and Jay. And oh, and yeah. Now I don't know how to say pronounce your name either way because I always say Zach Chalopji, which was she said I butchered it. <laughs> but Geralda, uh, G- Gir- Geralda, I'm sure there's a better way to say it. And I told her, I asked her, what does that mean that Zachter Lopshi? And she said, I really hope I can explain this so you can understand. In Dutch, the word runner translates to hard loper. If you translate that directly, it means fast walker. Since I am a chi runner and a very slow runner, yes, even a lot slower than you, Barb, <laughs> I changed the word hard to f- uh, and fast to zak, which means soft and slow. So the G T J E, which I'm sure I don't know how to pronounce, uh, behind the word is diminutive for something small. So soft, little, small, slow walker. So runner. So that's that's kind of cool. And finally, I understand. And she said she laughed and said, "Yes, I did butcher it, and I continue to because I can speak Dutch." Uh, Eric P also joined, and Dustin, and. Uh, Boy, I think I got everybody that was new. I think that's it. And I want to congratulate. On, I did on Facebook way back then, but Fred did his first um, sprint try, and I think I actually read that one. Please tell me I read that one. So um, if I didn't, Fred, if I didn't read it on my last show, can you please let me know so I make sure I do? All right, now on to all of these emails I got. First of all, this was actually to Eric... Uh, Andrew, Clement, and Eric um, stay in contact quite a bit um, on Daily Mile. And Eric had le- um, chatted with him about, I don't know, doing push-ups or something. And Andrew had responded. Anyways, it was kind of interesting. Um, he said he catch- he was just catching up on the podcast at the moment. He can't wait to hear episode 100, but which is back a while ago. Good to hear that you're doing so well, given that you are you are. In your peak event season, I hope your training goes well and your summer lasts longer this year as you have more events at reasonable temperatures. Anyway, I'm off to do my third marathon this weekend. Holy cow. And I'm hoping to get a 3.30 with my best so far being 4.01. That sounds like an impossible improvement, but since my second marathon, which was in January, uh, where I got 4.26, I got pissed off with my weight gain and I dieted with Jenny Craig. It worked well with me focusing on the weight loss and putting training in the background. I didn't run more than 10K and I never worried about the pace. I just had fun. The following three months and 15 kilograms lost, and that's um, oh, about 35 pounds or so, the, my pace had dropped significantly without any specific interval training or such speed improvement techniques. I've been PBing almost every run since then with my comfortable pace and my race pace, both improving by about 30 seconds per kilometer. So that's really great, you know, and that's one thing I want to comment on is just that, you know, uh, especially for people that are beginners, um, often we get into this because we want to lose weight. And so you'll find that, you know, especially if if you are overweight right now, 
um, as you lose the weight, you will find that the whole physical activity thing will get easier. And also you do get faster. You know, you do get a lot faster when you, you know, I mean, go pick up a 20 pound bag of flour and run around with it. You can imagine then put it down and see how light you feel. So uh, if you're struggling with your weight and you're finding that running and other exercise is just, you know, really challenging for you, you might want to just spend, you know, six, eight months just focusing on losing weight and dieting or eating healthfully, really, and cutting back on where you can and cut back the exercise to something that's comfortable that doesn't cause you injury, you know, and maybe for some people it could be just brisk walking every single day. And then, like Andrew said, you know, um, focusing on just getting out there, having fun, don't worry about the pace, just get out and do it. Uh, Your pace will drop just because you've lost weight. So good for you. Great. Uh, So I, I can't tell you how his marathon went. I don't have that information with me right now, but um, I guess I'd better find out and let you know. Uh, I also got another email, <coughs> excuse me, from Wendy. And uh, Wendy had written once before, um, and she was the one, she's the one who's a 67-year-old female just getting into triathlon after. She's been a runner for quite a while and been doing uh, a lot of half marathons and some full marathons, but has decided to get into um, triathlon. So anyways, I had given her some suggestions and things. She said, thanks so much for your advice and for the mention on your show. I couldn't decide whether trying this at 67 meant I was a warrior or a somewhat delusional crone. You're a, you're a warrior. I don't care what you say. She said, after yesterday, I'm leaning towards the crone. <laughs> yesterday, and th- I want to share this with you because, you know, this is the kind of stuff that happens to all of us. Okay. Yesterday, I tried my first open water swim at a beach on Charlotte Harbor, where Hurricane Charlie came in seven years ago at Force 4 and devastated the area. Clearly, the water still hasn't settled down, because I st- when I started to swim and I put my face in the water, I thought I had gone blind. There was zero visibility, and my world turned into a solid brown murk. Between the unexpected salty taste, I know it wasn't a pool for heaven's sakes, how surprising should salt have been, and waves, I knew I was in trouble. My husband was hovering on the beach, hoping desperately he wouldn't have to jump into the yuck and save me. He already suspected that I was crazy, but this put me into the for sure column. I calmed myself and tried to get my focus on my stroke, but realized that I was only rolling toward my left where I'm most comfortable breathing and barely stroking on the right in my hurry to get back to the side where I could try seeing out of the water. Although I was aiming for a pier down the beach, I was zigzagging a lot, and i and I turned back well before getting there. By the time I got into the shallow water and was able to start catching my breath, a whole five minutes had passed. I was hoping that my watch had just stopped and that the time was wrong, but no such luck. I rested for a while and then tried again, making it six minutes before struggling to shore, gasping for breath. Next week I'm going to try finding clear water and try again, but the whole experience has left my confidence somewhat shaken. Now I want to just interrupt here just to talk a little bit about that you know I've had times like some of my first swims you know I just I want to say maybe a bit off a bit more than I could chew or I just you know for whatever reason it was a little daunting and Eric and I were talking about this today because my very first time I tried my wetsuit in the lake it just happened to be a really windy super rolling wavy day that the water had blown up and the waves are splashing my face and I really did get quite freaked out um I did what you did uh, Wendy, and I cut it short because it just wasn't going to be a good day. 
um, you know, and you just, sometimes you just have to figure, okay, what is my most, what can I do? If, if, if that's the only place that you can swim right now, if that's the, the best water that you can swim, then maybe it's just, maybe the best thing for you to do is just go out to the water, go out as deep as you can and just float around in the water. Don't even try swimming. Just, just float around and put your face in the water or do whatever level that you feel comfortable with and just get your body used to the water, get your body used to not being able to see in the murk. Um, uh, just go to your comfort level and then just a tiny bit past. So you feel like you're challenging yourself, but not, um, scaring yourself. And I mean, this is, this is really what I did. I just went such tiny baby steps when it came to overcoming my fear of the water. Um, I haven't been in the ocean. I have not swum in the ocean. I'll tell you right now, I'd probably be just as scared as you are in the situation. Um, but try not to push yourself so far that you scare the crap out of yourself and then you don't want to go back because, you know, you really have to go little tiny baby steps. You can do it. Um, you just got to figure out what you can do, do that, push yourself a tiny bit further, and then just keep doing that frequently, frequently, you know? Um, I find too, when I'm swimming, uh, when I'm in the pool, you know, I swim bilateral breathing. So I do three strokes and a breath. So I stroke on breathing on both sides, obviously. It's one breath on the right, three strokes, and a breath on the left. But when I'm in the open water, I just, I can sometimes breathe on every stroke. Sometimes I breathe, on, well, not every stroke, but every second stroke. Uh, sometimes I breathe on my, only on my right or only on my left, or I'll go four or five strokes before I take a breath. Uh, it I depends a lot on where the sun is. If it's in my eyes, I won't really maybe breathe on that side as much. Or if the waves are splashing on a certain side, I'll only breathe on the other side. There's no rules. Okay. So, um, don't let this, um, you know, get you too worried. I know it's been a couple of weeks now since this, since you wrote to me this. So hopefully you've had a couple of more positive experiences. It does take some time. Um, she goes on to say on a brighter note, I managed to drink some water while riding my bike without crashing to the ground. So at least there's progress on that front. <laughs> yeah, it took me a while to, to learn how to drink, pick up my bottle and drink out of it and put my bottle back. And to be honest, uh, that's kind of why I put aero bars on my bottle, on my bike and I have an aero bottle. So all I got to do is lean down and suck on that straw. Uh, you know, if, if nothing else, aero bars are great for holding an aero bottle and you don't have to pull your bottle off the bike. Now for a question. She said, I know what I need to do to fuel for a half marathon's undone, but for a sprint triathlon, I'm less clear. The swim, assuming I managed to complete it, and you will, is short. So other than a slosh of water to get the salt out, I think I'm pro that probably nothing is needed until you're well into the bike ride. I've used gel blocks at 45 minutes in a longer event, and then every 45 minutes after that with lots of fluids. This is Florida, after all. And occasional jelly bellies and goldfish for salt. It'll still likely be quite hot and humid in September for the try I've signed up for. Any suggestions? Um, and so my, my, I guess part of it depends on, you know, what you're used to doing. Um, I find for a sprint triathlon, you, most people will say you actually don't need anything. Um, you may not even need fluids, although I certainly do. Anything more than a half an hour, I need fluids. But um, if it's, usually it's about an hour and a half race. And so what I tend to do is I put, I put some Carbo Pro, um, which is carbohydrates, in my water bottle on the bike. And I try to drink a, a, you know, as much of my water bottle as I can. And it's got electrolytes and it's got some fuel in it. Um, 
And I usually, because I don't eat very much breakfast before my race, I usually take a gel about 10 minutes before my race or whatever length of time so I know my stomach's going to feel settled when I get in the water, maybe 15, 20 minutes before the race. I'll take a gel and that's kind of like in lieu of a decent breakfast, to be honest. I don't want to take it too long before the race because, you know, that it's um, gels kind of hit you in about 20, 30 minutes after you take them. So uh, you don't want to have too long before. Uh, and then if you really want to, you can, if you don't have um, fuel in your water bottle, which you may not, you might want to take, like you say, some um, a gel or some jelly beans or, um, you know, those little gel blocks, uh, shop blocks and things like that. Take that on the bike because the bike is the easiest time for you to be, to be um, taking in fuel. And most people won't bother carrying a water bottle because it's only a 5K run and they do have tables if you're thirsty. Um, but it depends on you and whether... You, I'm really, really used to carrying a handheld bottle, so I usually have one in my races. Um just depends on whether I feel like I want to have that in my hand. I don't like stopping at the tables to try and drink stuff. I just find it throws off my pace. But, um, you know, there is... Like I say, it's not a big, huge worry and so your suggestion about taking some gel blocks at 45 minutes into you know, like but maybe halfway through the bike, um, would that probably be your best bet? Alrighty, so I hope that uh, helps. If it doesn't make sense, you've got further questions, please feel free to email me. Um, she said again, thanks so much for your podcast and your generosity in helping newbies like myself. If I have any advice to share at this point, it's to tell beginners not to think about doing an open water swim try without practicing open water swimming. Then if that doesn't discourage you, go for it. And I totally agree. If you're going to do your first open, your first triathlon is going to be open water swim. You absolutely have to get out there and swim unless you're already uh, really comfortable in the water. Um, Eric's just signed up for his first try try and he's been swimming in the lake every day for the last couple of weeks because he really wants to make sure he's got over any kind of stress. It's really different than swimming in the pool. It's very manageable. You can do it, but it just takes, it's a different, different ball game. So thanks super, uh, a lot. Uh, thanks so much for that, Wendy. And I'm sorry for not replying quicker. It's been a couple of weeks already since you sent me that. All right, now we got uh, a race report from Megan. Hi, Barb. I just got back in town, and I'm behind on podcasts, so I haven't listened to your San Francisco half marathon report yet, but I'm excited to find out how it went. I hope you're feeling good and recovering. And uh, this is, she sent this on August 3rd. So here's my race report for my very first triathlon, and it might help some of your newbie listeners. I flew from California to Utah for a family reunion, and I scheduled the triathlon at the end of the week. I convinced my sister, her husband, and a friend to do it with me. A first for each of them as well. That's funny. Cons for doing an event while on vacation. Altitude change. Traveling with equipment for three different sports. Since I was flying, I decided not to bring my own bike. And too busy playing to sleep the week before the race. Yes, I agree. Um, she said it had been about 95 degrees all week. That's about 35 Celsius. So I was a bit concerned that it would be too hot by the time the run happened. I hate running in hot weather. But it was perfect temperatures with the rainstorm looming. It was a bit cold getting into the water and windy on the bike, but overall it was beautiful. The swim was in a very small man-made lake. The 500-yard swim went around almost the entire perimeter of the lake. I hadn't trained with a wetsuit. 
I was told wetsuits were optional, but I found out the water was quite cold, so I borrowed a wetsuit to have with me. I did try it out once before the race. It was too big, but better than nothing, and easier to take off. By the time the by the day of the race, I still wasn't sure I really knew how to swim. <laughs> we have a small pool in our complex at my house. It's about 13 yards, so I'd lose track of laps going back and forth. I knew how not to drown, but I started to pretty much had started from pretty much ground zero in swimming about three months ago when I taught myself. You sound a lot like me. I still have a long way to improve, but I was glad to get the swim done first and then move on. T1 was on the beach of the lake. We had to run to the, in the sand to get our bike, try to get some or most of the sand off, and then continue on the bike portion. The bike route was 14 miles, 22 kilometers. I was riding, riding a borrowed mountain bike. There was a long uphill stretch, about three miles, and my front gears were not working. Oh, no. It was a bit demoralizing to be passed by all those nice, fast road bikes, but I plowed through, and I felt good about it. I loved the two-mile downhill stretch, but even on that, I was being passed by lighter road bikers. Note to self, save money and get road bike. I still had sand in my shoes when I started running, but I didn't want to stop and get it out. I was running on the adrenaline, and it just kept going. I tried to keep a steady pace for the run. There was supposed to be a water station halfway through, but I found out later that it was earlier than that, and that explained why the last half of the run I felt so long. It felt so long. There were a total of 197 males, 133 females, 330 people total. So it wasn't a huge race, but it was well organized and had a fun atmosphere. The youngest person doing the race was only eight years old. I was impressed. Anyways, as for my times. Uh, here they are. There were 24 in my age group, and I finished in the bottom third. Swim was 12 minutes and 36 seconds, 20 out of 24th. T1 was 4 minutes and 8 seconds. I was, she was 9th out of 24th. The bike was 1 hour, 3 minutes and 55 seconds, and she was 18 out of 24th. T2, 45 seconds, 2nd out of 24. You got great transition times. And the run, 29.53. And the, she was 6th out of 24 with a total time of 1 hour, 55 minutes and 14.8 seconds. Running is obviously my strength since that's what I was doing before I got into the triathlons. But I'm excited about doing more triathlons and I have plenty of room for improvement. I was happy with my effort though and I felt good about it at the end. So excellent. Good job. And it sounds like, you know, you had a really positive experience and, and, uh, you know, you learn a little bit every race, you learn something, right? So super. And I totally agree. It's, it is really hard to do things when you're on vacation. Um, I found that, uh, when we went to San Francisco, you know, that just, I was walking and walking and walking just days before I was going to be supposed to be running a half marathon. And, you know, that just, it just, that just adds a whole new dimension, doesn't it? Also, just being able to get a good sleep, you know, sometimes can be difficult. All right, so thanks for that, Megan. And then we got a, uh, a race report from Thomas, uh, are also known as Arlbert Einstein. Uh, he did the Mostaman, Mostaman Triathlon. And, hang on, I need a drink. All right, dry mouth. I've, I've been getting a lot of uh, comments people saying that I need to drink more often on my show because of our last race report after Eric and I had finished a bottle of wine. So I'm drinking a gin and tonic, if that makes you feel better. All right. Hey, Barb, sorry for letting you wait, but here is my race report for the second Mostaman 
triathlon. It's called Most Man because it is held in the most in the most vertel vertel, which means something like cider district. And um yeah, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong, but I think that um Thomas lives in Germany, so um, you know. Me and trying to do all these different languages is just not working. Okay. It was the second time I participated in this triathlon. It was my sixth triathlon overall and my third Olympic distance. Last year, I finished it in two hours and 35 minutes, but the swim was a bit short and the bike was only 38K, 23.6 miles. I suffered a lot in both Olympic distances. I always feel terrible on the run. The weather wasn't very promising on July 23rd. As far as I remember, there were about, it was about 15 Celsius or 59 Fahrenheit and it was rainy. I left home about 7, arrived about 8, and the race was supposed to start at 11. Boy, that's really late. I really messed up my pre-race preparation at my last triathlon, so I planned everything very detailed so wouldn't get into a hurry again. This time, everything went fine. I had plenty of time to sort everything out. I covered my transition place with plastic, and I decided not to click my shoes into the pedals so they wouldn't be soaking um, even before I started to ride. After a really long pre-race instruction, I got into my wetsuit, ate a banana to get ready. It was the first time I ever wanted to use gels in a race, so it was kind of an experiment. It was kind of an experiment in terms of nutrition. Of course, I had at least tested them once before in a brick transition workout. And he's reminding us that don't forget nothing new on race day, right? I lined up for the swim, and when the gun went off, I slowly got into the water. My plan was to hold back a bit more than usual on the swim, as I tend to get passed by a lot for after the swim is done. I felt not bad during the two-lap swim, because I, um, I realized that a better warm-up would have made the first 100 meters a bit easier, but I had no severe problems. I tried to draft a bit from other swimmers, but it was not possible for me. Either I lost them because I couldn't see very far, or they swam a lot faster as soon as I got behind them. I don't know the reason. And you know what, Thomas? I never have any luck with drafting either. Nevertheless, I finished the two laps and felt comfortable when I got into the transition zone. On the way there, I saw my friends who came to support me, which was just a motivation boost. In the last minute, I decided to place arm warmers in my transition zone, so I took some time to put them on. I also clipped the shoes into the pedal and put my helmet on. I didn't want to take time to put on my glasses, so I carried them between my teeth out of transition. Hopped on my bike and almost ran into the spectators. And then there was that first hill right after transition. I didn't remember that hill from the year before. Maybe they changed the course a bit. I was not in my shoes yet. I had the chain on the big ring, the glasses between my teeth, but what option had I? I had to get through it, so I hit the pedals hard and got over it. <laughs> chain in the big ring. You know, that's probably the thing I forget the most often is to make sure I put my gear, my bike, gear my bike down into an easy gear before I leave transition. Anyways, um, there were two laps to ride, both with the hill right after the transition zone and another steep incline at the halfway point. But the first time ever in triathlon, I didn't get passed by what felt like the entire field. I didn't ride in a group, but there were many people I passed and there were a few faces I saw again and again. It felt great to race like that, even though I wasn't able to convince myself that this was due to the enormous increase in my personal speed. I had swum slower, but I was conserving energy. When I came into transition zone for the run, I didn't feel my toes. I'd taken a gel on the bike course and had prepared another two gels for the run. 
I managed to get into my shoes and went on the run course. It was a 3.3K mile uh, or a two-mile lap with one aid station. And then he puts in brackets. I had to ask in the KG Tries Facebook group chat for that word. Yeah, he came into the chat thing and asked, what do you call it? And I told him it was an aid station. I took my first gel right before I left, or when I left transition, and I luckily found the dustbin to put the empty packing. You can see this very moment in a photo on my blog. Um, I took my first gel right when I left transition, and, oh, I said that already, sorry. I felt so great. I was flying, breathing hard, but passing others. For sure, I knew um, that some of the people I passed by felt as terrible as I had felt before, but this time I did not. I was concentrating on my form, trying to run with quick steps. For the first time ever in a triathlon, I didn't feel any cramps coming on from the bike. Usually that's when my calves and my vastus medialis, which is the inner muscle above the knee, start to hurt really bad. Uh, Every lap, I passed my cheering friends, and they were telling me to go faster and faster. I knew I ran a great race, and I was so happy about it. In the middle of the run, I took another gel with some water, which I got from the aid station. But the first time in a race, triathlon or running, I didn't have to stop for the water. I just flew past the volunteers, grabbed water, jammed the cup, swallowed it down. No coughing, no choking, no problem. I got tired, but I knew that it would soon be over, and I wanted to make sure to give everything I have. So I started picking people up in front of me and made sure I'd pass them. I sprinted to the finish, and that was when I first saw my time. This year, I made the decision not to watch race with a watch or a Garmin. It was a phenomenal 10-minute PR, 2 hours and 24 minutes. Even though I have had some health issues earlier this year, and I didn't train seriously for almost 2 months. When I checked the results, I was as surprised as I could have been. My swim was 25 minutes. That's awesome for... uh for an Olympic distance, which is slower than than last year. I rode one hour and 12 minutes, only two minutes faster than last year, even though I changed my bike. But I ran 44 minutes for the 10K. That's awesome. That is 14 minutes faster than before in an Ole distance try. I hadn't even known that I could run that fast, neither at the end of the try or at all. That's a 10K PR for me. So that is super awesome. I mean, to be able to run faster in a triathlon than you do even on your regular 10K, that's awesome. This must have been so exciting. So it seems I have now found how I got to race. I've got, I have now figured it out, how to fuel. I seem to know that rainy, cold weather racing is what I should aim for. I've been writing an email to you earlier this year, but maybe you never got it. Oh, I might not have got it. I'm not sure, um, Thomas, if I didn't respond to it, because normally I do. Basically, that was when I wanted to thank you for your support when I participated in the Facebook Skin Fit competition. Unfortunately, I didn't make it, but I was glad to see how many people I was able to recruit. And he's got a link to his um, blog, and it's got a bunch of photos and stuff, and it's in German. But I will put the link in the show notes. So good job. Thanks very much, Thomas. And got an email from John, and this is not a race report, but uh, John's just started up. Um, This is Dare to Try. Dare to Try Life, I should say. I'll just read this to you. Hey, Barb, John here, Dare to Try Life. I'm uh, saving your podcast for the San Francisco half uh, for a long car journey later today, so I don't know how you did. I really hope you did well and enjoyed it. Eric, too. It would have been a great trip. 
I have a half in uh, Glasgow on the September 4th, but I'm way behind on training. And anyways, uh, he has just started his own podcast. And he's just, right now he had actually emailed me to get some information on, he's just having trouble getting it to show up on iTunes. Now I did respond to him and I'm hoping, it was about a week ago, hoping by now he might have got it figured out on how to put it in iTunes because I hated to tell him, but I don't know how to do Podbean myself. And that just happens to be the program or the website he's using. Anyways, what I'm going to do though is put a link to his new show so that you can check it out. And I just, I was struggling to download it and I hadn't figured out how to download it. And now I finally did. I was just so dumb. Um, and so I've downloaded it now and it's the Dare to Try Life podcast. I haven't, so I haven't listened to it yet. But anyways, it's his first show and he's got one episode up that I can see. And uh, Rebecca's listened to it already. So that's good. She left a comment on his blog. So give it a check and uh, check it out and listen, give him a listen. And, um, you know, yeah, it's always I'm always it's always nice to have uh, new shows out there. So, and I'm going to listen to it tonight now that I've figured out how to download it onto my computer. Because when it's not in iTunes, it's just a little bit more complicated. All right, and I got an email from Heather, which it's called earplugs and goggles. Hi Barb, hope you're having a great summer vacation. This is uh, Mrs. Brillinger on um, on Twitter. She says, uh, I wanted to give you some personal experience and advice for your listeners who are asking about earplugs. Remember one of my listeners was asking about earplugs. I bought some Tear brand, that's the T-Y-R. I'm almost positive that's what they are, she says. Uh, Earplugs at a try shop before my races last year and I really like them. I struggled lots with water in the ears when I would train. and I just couldn't imagine spending a few hours on the bike during a race with that ocean sound in my ear. So I tried a few brands during the months before race season. First, I tried the wax ones from the drugstore, and they worked all right, but they'd often fall out. So with the risk of kicks and punches during a race, I figured I should try something better. I tried another kind from the drugstore, and they were pretty much the same. So I tried to, decided to fork over the money for some better ones, and I was very pleased. I had no issues with hearing while I was wearing them. I could clearly hear the race marshals, the starting horn, the people in the boats, and have face-to-face conversations with my earplugs in, so I wouldn't worry much about that. They came with a little case, so they stayed relatively clean in my swim bag, and on race day, I just made sure I threw them in along with my goggles, my swim cap, um, which... Oh, and she puts her goggles and uh, and her earplugs into her swim cap and then she puts that into the arm of her wetsuit as she's exiting the lake to get to T1 so there's a couple of good options there um, and that's cool and you know what I'm going to try that because I maybe I'll do that for the winter I'll, I'll practice swimming because if you really have that ability of hearing it's um, it would be great to have it's just an it doesn't I don't have a big problem with it myself but it is annoying I don't like it uh, speaking of goggles, she said, I also struggled with finding goggles that wouldn't leak. I, like you, found the Aquasphere brand was the best. I actually have the Seal XP ones, which are very much like the mask and less like individual goggles, but I love it during lake swims. I find the larger lens gives me better visibility in the lake, both in the, both in the water and for sighting, and I can get one big seal around my eyes instead of two little ones. I got them for about 40 to $45, and I couldn't be happier. Except when I'm lane swimming at the pool and people give me funny looks. Oh, well. 
Thanks for the podcast and the great job in the relay 70.3. Even though it wasn't your best, you pushed through and did it for the team. Hopefully I can apply the same theories when I have to give birth in two short months. Yep, you're going to have to do it no matter what there, Heather. <laughs> uh, and it'll be the biggest, it'll be like the biggest race day of your life. Okay, I've given birth three times. And uh, yes, it'll be a very, very, very cool day. I don't really have the option of giving up, and I definitely have to do it for the team, so I sort of have to suffer through. <laughs> Maybe I should go back and reread my 70.3 race report from last year before the big day arrives. Well, Heather, we all wish you the best uh, with that uh, new little one coming along. Obviously, you're not getting tons of training in right now, but you're about seven months pregnant. Yeah. Uh, just one quick comment about the the um, goggles. Um, I have Aquasphere, and mine are called Vista, so they're very much like the seal, but they're even bigger goggle and um i'm nobody ever gives me funny looks or if they do i've just ignored them okay all right and one final race report which i i was actually given a link to her blog in the facebook group so let me just go click clickety click i try to have all this stuff organized before i get on here but it doesn't always work cindy's here we go Midsummer Triathlon Race Report. She did this on, well, she posted this on August 1st. I got my first medal. What an amazing, fun, crazy thing that was. It was the Amica Insurance Midsummer Triathlon on July 31st, 2011 at Blue Lake Park in Fairview, or Oregon. Uh, she, her time was 1.49.15. Yes, another triathlon at Blue Lake Park. However, the bike was 16 miles, four miles longer than my previous try there. My times now include difference from previous triathlon personal best. The negative time is faster and the positive time um, reflects a longer time. So she's just got her her um, stats on here too. She's got a picture of the swim course. She said this is the exact swim course as my previous try, other than starting a little further in the water, so no dolphining at the start. Hang on, I need another drink. All right. She says, like before, about 200 feet into the bunch of people who started super fast stopped. And then I had to go around them. After the first turn boy, I noticed the bulk of the swimmers were about 50 feet south of me for some reason. Way off the boy line. I think they were following someone. (laughs) That's awful when that happens. I continued to do my own sighting. It meant no one to draft off of, but continuing south towards them just to draft didn't make sense. I did pick up someone draft right after the last turn, so I spent the the last 250 yards in the draft, which is a great way to conserve energy for the bike ahead. Her T1 was 4.11, which was 12 seconds longer than last time. Due to my recent bout with ulnar neuropathy, I I opted to don cycling gloves this time. My increased time reflects my struggle to put gloves on my damp hands. I don't think I'll do that ever again in a sprint try. It just seemed unnecessary. Yeah, well, you know, if you've had uh, trouble with um, neuropathy, then you might want to wear them despite the time. But uh, I do wear my gloves when I'm in a longer distance one, but not in a sprint. Her bike time was 52.45, 16 miles, and it was um, 0.6 of a miles per hour faster than than her last race. I didn't realize it until 10 minutes prior to the start, to, oh, sorry, to starting the event that the bike was 16 miles instead of 12. I'm glad I listened to the pre-race briefing. I was anxious for the ride so that I could compare my new HED or head jet four wheels. 
I didn't. I did increase my speed by um, 0.6 miles per hour from the previous. I rode the majority of the time in the lower drops, keeping my torso low and my hands off the hoods so as not to crush my ulnar, ulnar nerves. This seemed to work. I did have some brief tingling in my left pointer finger, and I realized I was mashing my radial nerve and adjusted my hand, paying more attention to my hands now. One thing that happened this time was an inefficient turnaround for me. During the race briefing, they announced that the turnaround was at the Sea Scout base on Marine Drive, just opposite the port of Portland Fire Station. I'm very familiar with this area, and I planned my gearing accordingly. However, I came upon the turn just after a rise of a quarter of a mile before the fire station, totally unprepared for the turn in high gear. There was no warning sign that the turn was coming up, so my speed suffered after the turn for a while. No doubt. That's too bad. T2, she was 2.52, and she was 10 seconds slower than last time. Those silly gloves again. Perhaps I should have worn them on the run. I don't know, did I ever mention I actually ran off on the run with gloves on once and had to take them off and put them in my back pocket because <laughs> I forgot? Uh, she's got lots of pictures in her blog here too. It's nice. I ran more consistently this time. No shin feeling. Yay. No shin splint feeling, I should say. I checked the tongue of my shoe more carefully. I did watch a runner in front of me take a scary tumble about two miles in, and I briefly stopped to make sure he was okay, and then watched my feet carefully, realizing that the shaded patch was full of areas pushed up by tree roots, which had tripped the other runner. Um, And then she's got getting there early. We arrived at the gate for the park just slightly before they opened at 6 a.m., and we were the third car in. Um... But I got some prime real estate. It's nice to get there early and not feel rushed before the event. So I guess your tra- your um, spots aren't marked, so you get to go wherever you want. It looks like. So she was able to get her transition set up. And, you know, it is really, uh, it really helps your anxiety if you have lists of things to take and you practice everything ahead of time and you get there early enough so that you're not feeling rushed. Uh, meddling. She's got a picture of her medal and her standing with it. My first event medal placement ever. Really quite an amazing feeling. And it's not what I do these events for, but it's a very nice extra. Friendly competition. My fellow Portland Tri Club member Sherry and I have been chasing each other in these two tries. This year we are in separate divisions, but next year I move into the Athena 40-49 to and the real fun begins. We have met each other via the PTC Google group after sharing race reports at the Blue Lake Triathlon, and we met at midsummer waiting for the medal presentations to start. We both placed first in our respective divisions. I think it's going to be great to have the friendly competition to push me into improving next year. And uh, she gave a... Special shout out and thanks to her personal support crew, Mother Superior and Trimazing Christine. You made the day even better. Couldn't do it without you. So very nice. And uh, yeah, great, great race report. So thanks very much, Cindy, for giving me the link to that. Okay, so I think we are done. Um, You know, if you, I I had quite a few... Um, race reports to read this time but uh, you know it's always nice to get them or to hear them so if you want to record something and send it to me or if you want to write one up and send it in it's great so uh, I want to give a shout out to Eric Storms from Megan uh, Vegan Running Dad who did his first triathlon today and Doug Sweet Daddy D who did his first triathlon today both men appeared to be smiling on Twitter today so it sounds like they both had a really good time 
and um, Run Digger Run, Matt has got uh, his first coming up in two weeks, so it's very exciting to hear all my friends doing their first triathlons. Okay, take care, have a good week, and uh, I'll talk to you next week, I guess. It'll be a post-race report once again. That's all you've been getting this year is race reports. <laughs> okay, take care. Bye-bye. The sun Can't live.